Welcome to the Road Show. In South Africa, it brings people together, it breaks yeah, down barriers. Yeah, right. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice, roles, passion, great passion, fiction, gold, ultimate goal, glory, relentless training, pain, pain. <laughs> Hello ladies and gents and welcome to another cracking episode of The Row Show. As always, it's myself Lawrence Britton and with me... It's Jake Green and it's really good to be back on the podcast and we've got a bit of a shift of pace today. We're speaking to a multiple Olympic champion from the men's quad which I think is somewhat underrepresented on our podcast so it's great to have someone from that discipline and that event back on the show and he is from Germany. His name is Lars Schuf, who went on, as as I said earlier, he went to win the gold medal in London, the gold medal in Rio, and in doing so, has definitely cemented himself in perhaps one of the best quads that have ever graced the sport. And I think at a stage, you know, Germany were a real pedigree in that event, and it's because of what Lars did with his te- with his crewmates over those two Olympic cycles, really cementing themselves as the you know the top quad in the world no for sure i mean what an awesome chat uh what an awesome guy to to interview i mean so animated so um kind of excited to to come on the show and share the stories um almost a bit unexpected but just really really cool i actually i thought the episode is uh one of my one of my favorite i think so just really really awesome and yeah great to bring on the quad as well as you said jake like just kind of different perspective different challenges and and what a professional i mean someone who you know multiple olympic gold medalists always is incredible to chat to just i think like when athletes start winning medals like that and they they start you know especially multiple olympic medals their kind of perspective and their understanding of of rowing changes kind of upper level to to athletes that we other athletes that we interview and you know it's nice to get a bit of both but it's always awesome to to get that kind of experience and it always shows through 100 percent. and Lars for me is a you know he's a real when i when we spoke to him i got a sense that he's a racer he needs to be on the water in a in a competitive environment you know against another boat and that's where he performs at his best and you can see it through his results going into london they were you know the 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 underdogs the the creations set a very high standard with the Sinkoviches in there with Damian Martin and David Shane and they went in and you could just see that final they went out to win and they went out with super competitive super competitive and aggressive to take the win and they did the same thing in Rio going into that race having a difficult season picking up a second place at the Lucerne Regatta having to, you know, race against Australian crew who were looking like the favorites for that event. And again, very aggressive, very competitive, and they come out on top. And again, cementing himself as one of the greats in the in the men's quad and sort of set a benchmark that I think other crews sort of look to um, today and see how they can sort of capture that excellence. We love this episode. Um, I think it goes into the, the kind of Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, anyway. immediate. And uh, and I hope you guys will enjoy it too. That's enough of us. Enjoy the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another awesome episode of The Row Show. And today we are honored to be joined by a European champion, a world champion, and twice 
Olympic champion in the German men's quad, Lawrence Schuf. Welcome to the show and thanks for coming on. Thanks for inviting me. We're really looking forward to the to the chat, and it's, you know it's always a pleasure speaking to fellow German rowers. And uh, you know you've been part of some amazing racing and of the German quad that found such good success over two Olympic cycles. Um, but for our listeners out there, I think it would be fitting to sort of start at the beginning of the journey. You know, you finished your junior uh, racing in 2008 and your 2009, that season was your first step into the senior team. So to start things off, you know, maybe give us a bit of a background on how that, that season went, what it was like joining the senior German team and then, you know, racing sort of at your under 23s as your sort of stepping stone into like almost elite racing and winning gold there. So, you know, just to start off the chat. It's a step stone, it's good to say like this. Um, we in Germany, we finished our juniors as you guys on the age of 18. And then we're competing together in the seniors with all guys. It doesn't depend if you're under 23 or open man or women. We make um, some competition in the singer or in the pair for sweepers. And then um, we have a list. And I, I finished two times um, 12th in the first uh, um, race. And in the second, yeah, big trials, I finished eight. So I was one of the fastest. Um, yeah, I was in the in the team in the in the um, for the open man, but was not old enough. I trained with the guys already, but was not old enough. And my my personal coach and I thought it would, was easier to take a step stone um, um, to take the under twenty three also to. Um, getting better in the single for the next season for um, 2010. So it was easier for me. And when I look backward, it was a very good decision um, to say, okay, do the single and see what's going on. And that's why we started, uh, why I started in Ratschice 2009 um, in the under-23 in the single. And it was a very yeah, good result. I didn't expect that to be, um, to be honest. Um, yeah, it was, but it was also for me, the opportunity to ensure that I'm a member of the German national team who is competing and preparing for the 2012 Olympics. And in Germany, we're selecting normally when you have the chance, we were very good rowers at that time. Maybe you see Karl Schulze, Hans Grune, Marcel Hacker, all these guys, Stefan Kruger. We were a very good team, very young athletes, to be honest. I was one of the youngest, I think. We were all about 20... 24, 22, up to 25, and I was just 21. But every every rower had that opportunity at that time at that time point to get much better. So it was very important for me in the season and the after Olympic season 2009, 2010 to get a step into the team. And I think what was very important for me was that I uh, that I have won the um, under 23 to say, okay, hello, I'm here. And I'm able to race single. In Germany, we're doing a lot of uh, boat stuff about the single. That's um, because when you row the single, and this is also the German philosophy of rowing, I think, when you're competing in a single, you have to you have to fight for your own. You have to um, you compete for your own. And you ensure that you are able to do the technique, to be able to um, search for your own style. And But you, mm. have tr- you, you have to do it on your own. And then... You get into the team and then we try what is better for you, maybe to race the double or the quad. So just to answer your question, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about most right now. 
it was a very yeah. very um yeah big big step for me at that time but, and i had very good coaches who said who who saw the problems who said okay just step back and now we will see the next year and that's why i got into the team 2010 yeah there's there's so much in there that i absolutely love i think the talking about the single like that i think it's such an important piece for young athletes to to row the single and learn how to as you say make their own style and you know find their own kind of mental toughness to to race because when you're in the yeah. single you you're on your own but i want to even go back a touch because we're the same age so when i went to juniors you were you were racing in in the in the same um those those same years and i remember the german team being so strong i think in my in my junior year uh 2008 you race austria and i think the the german team only missed one or two medals out of across the the whole the whole regatta and yeah maybe just talk us through like being in such a strong team such a strong junior team because that's something very different for me and Jake you know we come from south africa it's a small it's a small country and especially on a junior side you know if we have one or two really good junior crews we we've had an a superb year so being part of a team that has you know uh, 10 to 15 really really good uh, junior crews must yeah. have been such a big learning experience for you yeah it was it was hard as well but but it was also easy and the the main important thing is to yeah as i said to get in this crew because we have that um yeah very strong um athletes we had the people born in 88 we had a, just just to know for you we after the 2008 olympics this was not so successful especially for the men for the men and the scholars we had just have i think one boat in the final and, and Germany is a rowing nation, you know, and even the eastern, the former eastern part was very accessible. So everybody was confused and there was that very young crew of, of men um, like like Hans, like Karl, like Tim. And <laughs> they completely exchanged the old guys 2009. So it was very hard for all of us. At an even younger age, I, I think we Germans are very young to compete. If you compare it with you guys or the Britons, or I, th I, I spoke to Hodge and Reed, and they were much older when they start their international, yes. very successful open man career. And I yeah. think this is something maybe German like, which coming from the DDR, um, looking for um, pupils when they are maybe 14 to say, okay, which sport might be the right one for you? That's another philosophy. At the moment, we have a big problem, as you may notice, because we have to change. Uh, Generation Z is, I think, working. Yeah, it's it's different right now, you know, because all's about more international, more into university. I think we um, we change our system like the Anglo-American. We are more into university rowing right now. And at my time, maybe it's interesting, but in, in, when, when I started, we didn't have rowers who go to the US to study or something. Yes. We didn't have that. This is <laughs> it was very German like, you know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But, uh, for rowing it was a good um moment to start. Yeah, to start a, a senior career. Yeah. I think a lot of teams have had to go through changes, you know, with the mm -hmm. you know different generations of rowers coming in. People treat schoolboy or school rowing a little bit differently to university rowing and how they view rowing in the national team. And I think a lot of countries, and especially the America, 
I think even for South Africa, there's just more and more athletes going to, you know, going to study in America and how do you accommodate them? How do you add them into your team? Um, I know for South Africa, it's really big for the women's side. We lose a lot of female athletes to, to America and how do you incorporate them back into your team and get the knowledge back into, into the, the South African team? Sort of touched on a lot of really good things there. And like, I suppose throughout the course of the, the chat, we're going to speak a lot about the German rowing culture. And, you know, I think the, the period from, you know, 2009 to the, the Olympic Games in Rio, it seemed to be a really strong period of uh, German rowing. And, you know, not just in the quad, but also on the sweep side, you know, the German eight was perhaps at their, at their peak during that time. And like, you know, starting to dig into a little bit of the culture, like, you know, when you joined the team, like, what do you think were some parts of the culture and maybe a bit about the German approach to rowing that maybe set you guys apart yeah. from, you know, your competitors around the world? Well, it's, it's not easy. It's a very good good question. Not easy. I think what's typical, mm, typical German, it's like um, we have a plan maybe for, for each rower um, to say, okay, you, when you have, when you are you're at your best, maybe physical level, you have to do a time 550 or something. Um, or when you, when you are one about 100 kilo, you say, okay, 548. 95 kilo 552 or something like this and there are several steps and we are really hard i think and when training for these different aims you know being physiological being very technical i think we are we, and, and what we do is we are we are going to we are we're trying to um focus very on our technique technique in the single mm -hmm. or the pair yeah to find your own style, to own style, and then maximize it with the power. You have. I don't think we have that much. We don't have that much money. I mean, Germany is a rich country, but I think we don't have. We don't use that much money to concentrate many people on the same place. Yes. We are very pluralistic. We say that means we're different spots in little Germany. Mm. We're all yes. regional. Training. That's why we're. It's very regional, yeah. And then we come together, maybe in autumn, ten times, ten times in autumn, or every second week, so to say, and then uh, to train together. And then, of course, even more in the season um, from April during September or, or, or during during the World Cup season. And then after it, we're just together, being on training camps. And this this is very the sculling way of life. The sweepers are very concentrated. They're very, maybe you talk to Max or other guys, they're in Dortmund. That's where all the guys come from, maybe from the south, east and north, to do their study over there in the Ruhr region. That's a very big part of Germany where a lot of industries located, and that's where they train. But being German is very, being technical, focus on your aims, on your personal aims. Yes. And then... After you're prepared, then we mix a boat, I think. It's not being in a boat from the beginning, I think. Maybe this is different to other countries, maybe. I think from what you've said, I think the, the biggest difference is that early stages of you know yeah. trying yeah. to yeah. encourage looking at school athletes and saying, okay, you will be good at rowing. 
let's try you in rowing and oh no you're going to be good at i don't know um i don't know what other german what other what are the other big sports in germany football yeah football, uh, soccer soccer of course soccer yeah and yeah. we have good we are not fast we don't have uh, we're not good in sprinting but in throwing things <laughs> big german <laughs> big german man or yes throwing shot spear uh shopper sh yeah yeah Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think like that talent identification is is massive, and I think like when I compare it to South Africa, I think we're very good at that for our big sport like rugby, but we're not very good at um, at rowing yeah. and identifying athletes at an early age. Yeah. And a, a huge part of South Africa doesn't have access to rowing, so we miss a lot of athletes through the system because they don't get to experience. Um, rowing because of the school they were at or the you know the area of south africa that they live in Lawrence, i think uh after 2009 oh, wait, i want to ask um yeah, sorry to to cut in there in so in 2009 so obviously that under 23s um i was racing in the in the pair i came seventh i think yeah. but there was a there was quite a serious storm in that um in the regatta Uh, in the build-up, a day or two before the regatta, there was a massive storm and it destroyed a lot yeah. of boats. Yeah, it destroyed a lot of boats. Yeah, and a lot of boats got uh, got damaged and destroyed. I wanted to know if that affected you at all in your build-up into that um, into that World Champs because I remember a, a specifically sculling yeah. boats got uh, destroyed. There was a sculling boat sticking <laughs> through the Polish bus team bus. It was sticking straight through at both sides. Um, so I wanted to I wanted to ask if you had been affected by that. Um, was your boat damaged? No, it was not damaged, but I was afraid of. I, rem I remember right now. Yes, I forgot it completely. Yeah, um, yeah, I was I was afraid. When to be honest, I'm, I'm, when I run the singer, I'm very I'm like a diva, you know. I'm I'm very <laughs> I'm very German, like you know. Everything must be perfect. <laughs> I'm, I'm focused. Every, everything must be prepared on the millimeter, you know, and. My coach always made fun of me because he always said, "Okay, now I changed it." <laughs> no, and I was very, I was afraid of being that my that my boat uh, got damaged. Yeah, yeah, I remember. But yeah, as I yeah, and I think we had uh, the problem, or even some other nations, and we we uh, changed the boats that they can use them too. And we have, I think, the eight that I just had one singer, but. The eight, I think they had two or something, and then they they give up to the Romanians or whatever. But yeah, at the beginning, I, I'm I was happy that it was two days before because then I, if the storm was over, I I, I could focus on my race, so it does not affect me during the preparation mm. uh, during the 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 when the first race starts. I think it was. It I think me. the German team, like national team, and the Polish national team, bought boats in for the. There was yeah. so like there were so many boats damaged, Jake. It was like Felipe and Empach had to set up like they gave them like an extra tent to repair boats. And I remember Guido working there. He worked like through two nights straight, <laughs> just repairing boats and holes and things like that. And then the the Polish team and I think the German team bought more boats through to to help um, with crews that that oh, cool. uh, that couldn't make it, that couldn't get their boats fixed. So. Yeah, it was quite an event. Yeah, it sounds like it. So, yeah, Lars, going going forward, you know, you the German quad seemed to be early on to be a big focus for for London. You could see 
all the best sort of rowers were like in that quad most of the time. And, uh, you know, you guys, you, you first experience was rowing in for in a world cup in 2009, and then you, you managed mm-hmm. to make it in 2010, but there's a very on the result sheet and watching your racing, there's a very specific point of when you got into the boat with yourself, Philip, Carl and Tim, that seemed to be a very yes. special combination that made the, the boats very fast because suddenly from the onset you go to the first world cup and you walk away with a gold medal so maybe speak to us about mm. like the the experience of getting in together in that combination and maybe what what was that special feeling of rowing in a boat with the four of you because they obviously was some sort of special chemistry yeah it was um i was at that time i was i was um I, to be honest i was not noticing at the moment that we were a very very good combination because it was Tim. Tim was the oldest. He was the first one who get into um, the Olympic uh, or in the, in the in the open man team in Germany. And then I followed. And then Karl and, and and Philip joined us 2011, as you said. And this was very. We were very. We were very slow in movements. We we're just doing average rate of 33 or something. You know, like mm-hmm. the Polish. And the Polish um, quad was our. Um, we were always focused on moving like the Polish quad 2008. We were very slow. They were not not slowly, but smoothly. You know, their their their, their um, rate was was not so high. Maybe 34, 35. Not like yet. They are racing up to 40, I think. And it was very what we did very well. We had a big push in the, in the end of the stroke. You know. Yes. Um. Even Philip and Kyle, they were like. Pulling the the oar and the skull onto the body, and we are very um, we do a mass boat, um, um, a measure measure boats. You know, we are measuring everything, even especially the stroke and also the rolling period. What was very interesting in that combination, um, the the technician said that we had a good, we were good at the end, at the last uh, quarter of a, of the stroke. We had a good and smooth without much power, but a good acceleration, you, yes. say, you know, and this made us very fast, even when the wind came from the back. <laughs> yes, the headwind. When we are, we are very fast and rowing slowly, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah, we had probably more problems, and, and we are not the we was not the crew for for fast times, you know. I remember 2008 in Lucerne, some world records were broken. I think by the by the British. By the Canadian in the eighth, the British in the in the Cox's four, and the Russians, the Russians as well, and we could not, we were not very good in, in pushing wind, but from the backside was very good, very effective. This kind of rowing because it was easy to, to say. Also, yeah, it was it, it felt very easy. It was like flying, you know. Yes. Um, even Lucerne, our best race was Lucerne in the in the first. In the first Olympic four years, it was Lucerne 2011. Yes, when you guys won. You guys won by like four seconds. And, you know, it's actually, when I was watching you, it's it's amazing because I, I saw exactly what you're speaking about. Your coordination around the back end was extremely defined. And it was like the whole crew had this very synchronized finish together. And it was like the way you opened the back all the way to the finish and extremely flat. The hands were coming in very flat. You know, it's, it was very striking watching your 
um, the race in London because you guys were right in front of the TV mm -hmm. and then you sort of had your technique and then you could see like each crew and their technique and your, your technique was just this very defined coordination, coordinated swing onto the finish. And just like you say, it was a smooth release. You know, I wouldn't say like you, you said the, you know, maybe like obviously slow is not the correct word to use, but I could, I could see what you're talking yeah. about the relaxed finish, but yeah, I mean, it was, it's really cool because you can see from the, from the TV that you guys had a very good understanding about how that how to make the boat go fast between the four of you from from my side when you're talking about that it's it's really interesting on the the technical side of the quad because you know you're saying how you know we use words like slow you know like coming through the finish but the quad is one of the fastest boats on the water and it's so precise i would say technically it's one of the hardest boats um for a crew to get right you know you, everyone's got two blades there's a lot of there's a lot of action happening and there's so much speed per athlete you know in the boat and so many things that can that can go wrong and detract from from boat speed um so i really like the when you're talking about the kind of just that ease of movement you know going through the the finish adding a lot of acceleration through the boat because you know, when you see a good quad row, you can see it immediately. You can see uh, good technique straight away when you when you see a good quad. And yeah, I think the there's been a lot of schoolboys, a lot of schoolgirls, uh, myself included, that watched you guys row, uh, trying to learn how to you know improve my stroke and improve my scaling. Speaking about your that 2011 season, you know the. You had a fantastic yeah. Lucerne, you won Lucerne, and then World yeah. Champs seemed to be quite a, an interesting ride. And it's gonna be it's gonna be cool to chat about because at the time there were like there were a lot of really fast quads. And like I would say that you know yourself, mm -hmm. the Australians and the Croatians were perhaps the most consistent performing quads of that uh, quadrennial. Mm -hmm. But it seemed that on any given day, you know, the the Polish, the Estonians, the you know, the British there were a lot of these different quads. The Italians could pop up and have a good performance. So it must have been an interesting time because you guys knew that you were super consistent, but you had to watch out for what everyone else was doing. And then in 2011, it must have been, even though it was your first World Champs walking away with a medal that second place, it must have been a little bit frustrating because, I mean, that race was ridiculous. You just missed out on the, the gold to that Australian crew. Um, but what was it like racing that World Champs? And getting the silver medal, even though it was your first podium finish, it must have been a slightly disappointing not getting that gold. Yeah, it was very hard. I mean, but um, this is when I look backwards, I think also maybe when you say 2009 was a step stone, 2011 or the world's 2011 were another very important step stone, even for our team. To be honest, I can say it right now because we are all, some sort of friends right now, having children, living in different cities right in Germany. Um, but we are very a crew who had us, um, we had not personal but technical issues. Um, and we were not, we were always discussing and sometimes not shouting, but it was very uh, um, intense, so yes, to say. Yes. And at that time, uh, point, and <laughs> even in this year, it was, and our coach was very. He's a Marco Schwarzrock. He's a hard coach, um, hard warmed, but also hard, uh, like hard rock, uh, because um, he's very into it. He's very straight. He he said, "Okay, you have to focus more, 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 train more." He's very hard, even um, 
but um, we had a maybe that formed us like diamonds, you know, um, because he he had a, he made a lot of pressure, and at this time it was was like I made the mistake. I met uh, everybody could see it, you know. We we had a length length before the field before the trains at I think thousand nine hundred fifty. It was my my father told me I think if I got the crab two strokes later we won because we we had won because. Uh, we would uh, the boat was yeah going just in the in the in the line, but yeah it doesn't happen. And what the colleagues did, they yeah they take me and said, Lawrence, no worries, no worries. No one. Uh, they, what they said to me is, there's there's no other man we will want to row with. And this was very emotional for us. I think we cried at that ceremony because we were upset. You know, it, it could be our first um, 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 gold medal in the world, in the open man, and it was a silver. I mean, it was okay, but I think um, this was um, this helped it helped us for the focus. Maybe it's also, it was either 2012 to get in these finals because the focus was on the eight. They had a lot of pressure because you know the German eight is for Germany. Some like um, it's a very a important board. Yeah, it's very yes. important, and it was maybe easier for us because we were very young. I was twenty-one at that time, and Karl Hans was twenty-three, twenty-four. We were we were a very young crew, and I think we didn't have that pressure like other crews. Maybe this helped. This helped us because we just just the silver medal to to be more focused in the Olympic year. Yeah, but I, I also think like having that having your crew you know come forward and say no we back you we don't want yeah uh, we wouldn't race with anyone else it's mm-hmm. such a crucial moment because at that time you know you when you've made a mistake you know you've you always yeah. you're going to blame yourself harder than anyone else yeah. and having yeah. your crew kind of stand behind you i think that must have put so much belief going forward and and so much trust in your crew for for the london olympic games because that it must have been a crucial point actually between your your crew for for the London Games. Yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, it was um, yeah, and what but it what London was was for all of us like a present, you know. I think there uh, we were focused, but but it was like a present being um, being together at that. We're um, I don't I wouldn't think we we would win the gold medal in the singer. So it's about the team, you know, and. Um, Yes, we had our team, and um, I think we could. We noticed this at that time, but maybe very early. Maybe I, my opinion, um, sometimes because now we are older. But when people are one about twenty, forty-two, they're they're just they're even young adults, and sometimes they didn't know what they have on each other. I think we get to know it maybe a bit earlier, and this helped us also. Two thousand sixteen. 16 was funny, but <laughs> yeah, it was the same. <laughs> this yeah. was the same, um, um, the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to speaking about your Olympic year yeah. in 2012 because I mean, what a spectacular year! And like you've brought about 2016, so I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But both yeah. your Olympic years, you guys went into the Olympics under serious pressure for performance, and like in 2012, you know, you guys had raced at all the World Cups, World Cup one, two, and three. And it was very clear from that, from you know, outside looking in, that the Croatians were the favorites going in, and that you guys were 100% the 
the number one contenders for that mm-hmm. top spot. Like you guys in the creation seem to have like separated yourselves from the rest of the field. And I mean, the Olympics, you guys just got the formula perfect. And we've spoken to Martin and Valent twice. And the I can tell you that, <laughs> that you burnt them big time. <laughs> that was, that was, I had to say sorry. We, 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 you know, we were friends, you know, creations and us. We yeah. are, I think Dami and all the guys, they had that war in the beginning of the 90s. And then their yes. parents moved with their children to Germany. So the creations have a very stick. Um, um, Close bond. Uh, yeah, respond to the Germans. Um, even uh, not not just rowing, you know. And we are some yes. kind like like friends, and we made fun of each other. They took us to parties, 2010 in in um, New Zealand, and so. But Olympics, we say sorry. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Martin, uh, Damia, and Valet, they were like, "What the fuck?" We they think I think they changed their their blades or th- something. I yes, I don't know. Maybe did. they told you. Uh, yeah, they did. They told us, and then the weather changed. The weather changed. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was wind from the back again. You know, it was good for us. And we had that we had that um, lane um, next to the next to the um, next to the country. You know, what, what do you say we, when you have next to the camera? Next to the camera. Yeah, yeah. The... So the wind was not so hard. We had a better we had a better lane, of course. You know, it was uh, yeah. it was our luck, so to say. Yeah. But of course, you guys, you guys had won the semifinal, so rightly so, you got seated in the top heat. But like, speak to us, like, what do you think? Because I mean, yes, fair enough. In the final, you could say that the you know maybe there's there's a bit of unfairness and whatnot. But you know, let's like, if you're being honest about it, you guys had a flawless regatta. You won the heat. You won the semifinal, and you were undoubtedly going into the final. Like, it was. Either you or the Croatians were definitely the favorites for gold. Yeah. And like, what was the mindset? Because you missed the Croatians in the heats, you missed the Croatians in the semifinal. And like, you mm-hmm. guys must have been super confident and you must have known that you were, you had the, you, you were on a really good, you were on really good form. So like racing that yeah. final, it was such a good execution. Like ex- talk to us a little bit about how, how that race felt. Um, uh, to go to the race, um, maybe I want to get a step backward. You asked me um, what is about our team or the Germans. What we could do in our team, or what was very good in our team, we could focus on the right point of the season. So what we did it was um, we did a lot of things with technicians. We measure our physiology every month. We did a test mm-hmm. how our P4 um, uh, values were, for example, and also a lot of a measurement in the boat and what we could see that our physical performance was maybe the best around end of july august so because before we or end of july so our august we we um, we arrived in london but um we had our best performance our best values we've ever had in london and mm. it was like and the same thing was we, we did after uh, the last World Cup in Lucerne, I think it was Lucerne. No, it was Munich. It was Munich 2012. Um, we did another step backward to go to, to fix some technician issues, technical issues, and we could manage. And it was really like flying. When you, I think Philip did an interview and he said, okay, it was just like flying. And our 
it starts with a with a heat. It was like we had very it was very windy. I think at that at that regatta it was very windy, and we just did the heat, and it was very it felt very smoothy, and we had just one or two length before the the Britons, uh, the GB, and then yeah we had a and, and we had a very very good with a very good um, semi final before because the creations was I think they were a bit faster in the heat. And we were a bit afraid of because it felt so good and said, okay, it's very tough, but the creations were faster, I think. But in the semi, we did the faster time, I think two seconds or something. And this was very, this was very good for our um, um, self-confidence to, to go into this final. I think it was two seconds we were faster in the semis. And yeah, we, we sit together the, 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 the evening before, before the final they would say, okay, just roll. It's it's like a present. It's mm. like it's That's like a present. And this this helped us being being cool, even if yes. the we- the weather changes. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's such a cool way of of looking at those because yeah. I know exactly what you mean when you get that when you row a boat or that you row a session and it's you know everything feels perfect and you it feels like a present i like that um that analogy is so awesome to to hear um especially coming from a champion mm-hmm. then going back to your crew what do you think like each person in the crew because obviously there's four people you're all there to bring power and technique into the into the boat but did you have very different roles or do you think everyone was doing the same thing yeah. very well yeah we we are we are especially crew with different different parts and different problems and different um yeah strengths so i start with with tim uh tim was the strongest tim was the strongest rower of he was one about 544 or 545 with 98 kilos not even 100 kilos he is like um maybe you have talked to tim once or, and he's he's very straight he's like i don't i just do i just do the stroke doesn't doesn't matter what's behind me he just he's like a machine yes. you know but he <laughs> and for me and that's why like he's I, in the stroke seat yeah normally i mean i was i was at that time 552 or something i was the weakest you know <laughs> in the boat <laughs> and uh, but i i think at that time i had my best technical um uh, yeah it was my, my um my high point I, I was very I was very good in technique and I could complete Tim very good. We were good. We we did also. Um, yeah, we had a, we had a good harmonization and we um, did ra- uh, we raced against each other and Tim and Philip. I could I could harmonize with them very very well and especially in the core Tim and me. It was very good. Um, yeah, it was harmon- the harmonization in the court was very well with Tim and me and Philip. Philip was the best rower, or is the best rower from all of us. And my, my yeah. point was technique, and this, but Philip was the best rower. He has a very, he's very, he's thinner, he's larger than the th- we have three of us is round about 195, 193, and Philip is round about two meters, and he's he's very thin. He's just about 90 kilos or something, but he's a very, he was the fastest in a single. Philip was the fastest in the single, and he was very stable. He was very stable during the race. And at that, at 2012, he was the fastest. He was the fastest single scholar of all of us. I mean, he. Get, I was yeah. in the trials third or fourth. He gave me two lengths. 
Yeah, it was very that's, good. That's quite a yeah. big margin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and 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 Carl, I mean, you have to look at him. He's um, he's f fucking strong. Even just <laughs> yeah, we could see we could see he's strong. Carl, <laughs> yeah. um, Carl was I think a half second behind him. He was one and what what Carl especially is very good in. Carl is very cool when it comes to the to world championship or to Olympics. During the season, he's sometimes going a bit slow, but at the time, this was, we can maybe later speak about it, but this is a, this was the most important thing in Rio to have Carl to say, come down, it's okay. And this is what, what, what Carl's very good in and, and what, he, what he is very good in too, doing sprints. And when you say, okay, we had that at that time in this, in this very, I think, this, we had this, this mechanical quad, 2012, I think was the best quad. We were with the back wind, 542. It's, it's, okay. it's okay. In London, it's not warm. It's maybe 70 degrees at this time point, the water. It's not very warm. Yes. And we were very yeah. fast. And this was like, this was a machine crew, you know. We are maybe like, like the Australians uh, who are the New, from New Zealand, we are at one level and we did all it the time, yes. all the yeah. time. And this was, I think, Tim, especially because his Hans was different, Hans more fluently, but Tim was very stable. And what Carl could do with this, I, would, I spoke about Carl, he was very good in, in, in starting sprints. And he was, he was beginning the sprint and the crew was ended it, you know? And, yes, um, yes. Yeah. Olaf, Olaf when we chatted to when we chatted to Olaf, he spoke about this exact thing about how you how you know you need that one person to to yeah. start that sprint to commit to. He called it shock the boat, and he said yeah. um, he said the quad is the hardest to do it because there's obviously four people and you need to get everyone moving. But when you look at your crew, I would say that uh, Carl looks like the person that kind of has that energy that has that uh, yeah. you know that kind of aggression to kind intensity. of step yeah, the intensity yeah. to to step up and uh, and bring that sprint so yeah after you guys you know walked away with the gold medal medal in london which was like a spectacular achievement you know walking away with the olympic gold and uh you know you'd place fourth and second in that cycle at world championships but at the olympics you guys managed to come away with a gold medal like how did going into 2013 like how did it change now that you guys had the gold medal and that you were mm -hmm. the defending champions. You were. You mm -hmm. said you didn't have the pressure. The German eights had the pressure, but now you guys, mm -hmm. you did have a pressure. The German quad mm -hmm. was was a crew that mm -hmm. had pedigree. The rows were experienced, and like the pressure came. Like how how did that change you guys? And like mm -hmm. you know, what was the outlook like going into the new Olympic cycle? Um, at first, it was like, um, I mean, for me personally, for me, it, I was just overwhelmed about this um, result we we had we had and this was like carrying me through many problems i would uh, not, not from carrying me through my life 2013 or, or even 12 was the year where i started um the studying medicine going to med, med school and um to be honest in 2013 all of us had their priorities on doing um, um, studies, working. Yeah, other things. All yeah. this stuff. I mean, Philip was out. He had to, he was a bit older, is a bit older than we, 
are and he had to fix some some things and same was for me and i think yeah tim carl me and another and paul heinrich we compete in, in chungju and this was not the season for us that we were very good prepared we were prepared but not 100 focused on rowing because you have to do your your your, your stuff you know, on your on your dual career um maybe we didn't feel that pressure that much in this year to be honest you know yes and i for me i can say it was also good that the creation took the title because yes. they were very good they were much we, in this season it was like uh maybe we can we can we can um Uh, we can fix it at the <laughs> at the worlds, but we were like, oh, they had that crap. I think they did a crap in the Europeans this year, and this were when we won because the Croatians did a crap in, in Sevilla, I think, in Sevilla and the Europeans. Yeah. And yes. um, <laughs> but the Croatians were better. They were they were be much better in this in this season than we are. And yeah, um, but it was. Yeah, it's a funny point because I, for me, it was not having a pressure. It was lower. It was more being overwhelmed by the season 2012. Yeah, I didn't mm. feel it. it. Was like okay, we fixed it. We won. We won. You you don't know what happens. Maybe you couldn't participate in Rio or whatever, but you won this fucking medal. And yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. and then also, what's interesting about that season though is that you guys were became european champions and that seemed to be a difficult regatta for you guys uh you raced four times and the only time you managed to uh, be on the podium was in 2013 and you guys were the european champions. so that must have been like a sort of highlight of that season was actually getting that european title yeah that uh, was uh... and then you moved on to you know that your 2014 cycle uh, season where you you didn't compete is that because yeah, you were yeah. focusing on the on the medical studies Yeah, it was focusing on medical. To be honest, I tried to sweep because um, I tried to sweep uh, um, for a few months. I was just uh, the coach, the Ralf Holtmeier, the coach from the aid. He asked me if I want to, if I want starting sweeping because I studied in Bochum. Bochum is in the western. It's next to Dortmund. It's um, it's a rural region. I, I told you before. It's the western part of yeah, Germany yes. where the aid um, is located um, or the sweepers. They had um, they had a special or this Olympic uh, this Olympic region or, or the the people who are located to the Olympic area in, in the rural region they have a special yes. contracts to uh, the universities there that's why I started there normally I'm from Hamburg I'm from, I'm from the yes. northern part of Germany and they didn't have that contract that's why I, mo I moved to uh, I moved to to the western part and I trained with the guys from the eight. During normal mm. training, I trained with the guys, with Richard and um, with Max Reinhold and all these guys. And um, yeah, it was, uh, they asked me to sweep, but I, I tried it and then I stopped and they had some back problems. I had a big back injury and that's, and then I said, okay, I have to focus on studies, doing my physical, my med school and just off for one year, being prepared, coming back in sculling. And that's why I didn't compete in uh, 2014. It just sounds like the, the eight was just trying to poach you from the quad and get them get you to yeah, run the eight it was, day. It was a big <laughs> fight between Markus and, and, and um, uh, Ralf. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's different. I mean, yeah, but I think sweeping and sculling, I mean, it. some people are very, uh, for them, it's easy. For me, to be honest, it's what's not that easy to because sweeping in Germany, it's different. They're more, they're more into the first part of the stroke, you know. They are very aggressive and grabbing the water and you have to do this on the one hand maybe you talk with max about growing technique in dortmund he was part of the aid mm. and but at the other end you have to be very you have to be smoothie you know for sweeping i mean you you guys are sweeper it's more being sweet and sculling when you do sculling it's more it's very fixed it's it's very like um, ankles and you know it's very technical it's not i mean yeah. i mean you have to you have to feel your back how to how to turn around and it was not easy for me you know yeah. <laughs> i thought okay i'm a scholar in germany sometimes we had that season when you're a good scholar when you go to singer scholar you can sweep but i made mm. the uh, <laughs> i made the experience it's not the same and i think it's also mm. good because otherwise It keeps you down on the ground, you know. Sometimes you say, "Okay, yeah. you took title, so I can uh, I can get everything." It was good for me, I think, uh, that they keeps you that humble I saw, and hungry. Okay, yeah, I saw. Okay, um, um, take your things, but these guys are also very good, and you cannot um, fix it. That it was a, it was also nice to train by just to say it to with Max and all these guys because I think I don't know what you what you think about reaming and, and sweeping and sculling, but People are different. You're more into a yes. team. You know, you have always focus on your partner, and you do the things together. We scholars are more like doing your technical thing. You have to prepare on maybe your personal issues and the, no, but it's different. Yeah. I think it's I think it's it's very different. I mean, we had amazing athletes in our team. We had um, John Smith and James Thompson. Yeah. They won the four in London. And yeah. then managed to go on to to break the record in the lightweight double, but yeah, yeah. I do think it's not a, it's not a very common you know skill to just be able to switch between the sweep and the and the sculling. I think it's a lot of athletes. I find it uh, difficult. I wrote a lot of skulls in our training, and exactly like you were saying early in the season, competing with each other in singles. But I don't think I was would be very good at rowing in the in the single compared to the the sweep boats and then also i think that eight i love how you talk about how the eight is really you know getting or the sweep is getting on it on the front of the stroke and i think that's a huge piece of uh sweep rowing is you know you have that you know that lever because you're rowing all on one side and you can really get the the connection on the front much faster and, and stronger and i think the eight almost exam uh, like exaggerates that feeling because you've got to turn the front end get going and then the eight also doesn't slow down so you've got to it's almost that flat out sprint straight from the the beginning i do think it's very different and i don't know jake you've rode yeah. sweep and uh scaling internationally so how does it yeah i think uh, go the, i don't know i think the the sculling it's very technical the the, mm. the movement is very symmetrical it's straightforward mm. and like within that Just like you said, you can break things down. You can be very, you know, very fine on the way you approach things. But I often find like the the thing about the sweep is the catch. You know, when you're rotating into the front there, it's asymmetrical. And that movement is like, I would say it's not, it's not natural. Like you have to be, you know, you have to, there's a lot of intuition and it's abstract and you have to feel like how you find that connection. Because like when you're bending your body like that, 
where the, whereas the sculling you get to the front is very symmetrical you go and you land the blade and then with the sweep is very different so like i completely understand that it's uh it's a very interesting di- discussion um and i do find i think it's easier to perhaps go from sculling to sweep because i think you can learn you learn so much rowing in the single skull and like we spend a lot of time like lawrence said early in the season um then I think sweep rowers, if they've never sculled before, will perhaps find more difficulty. But it's definitely a challenge to swap between the two disciplines. It's not easy. Yeah, cool. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah good yeah. to talk about um, rowing technique and how to feel. Yeah, it is good. And then, so you, you, you took a year off and then 2015, you came straight back in. And like from looking outside in it, 2015 sort of, it seemed to be in a way the most straightforward year for you guys where, you know, you yeah. managed you sort of handled the, the training really well, the racing really well, the, the results perhaps the best across the board, picking up two wins at the first World Cup, Lucerne World Cup, which is the big one. And then, you know, the, you, you, it's the only time that you guys man, you managed to become a world champion. It's really interesting because you, you were world champion once, but Olympic champion yeah. twice. So yeah. <laughs> that world champion win, it must have been uh, a really, you know, it must have been a fantastic season to be a part of the German quad. Yeah, yeah. To be honest, it was a very good and also a good season for us because the the quad uh, was third in in Amsterdam 2014, and I think it was very frustrating for them because we they they were um, the Ukrainians and the Brits. They were very strong. They're very strong. I think the Ukrainians took the world record 5:32 that year, and. Um, I think we're two, also the Croatians who compete in the in the in the in the, in the double skulls uh, break the world record. It was a very interesting fight. I watched it on the on the on the TV screen, and I think the quad was a bit upset because they they thought it they were more they were closer to the to the through the um, first ones. We had we were completely a complete new team because. I came in and Hans came in first time in this quad. Yeah. And it was like, for us, we could not do this very machine German stuff we did 2012. So because with, with Hans, it's changed. Hans, maybe you have heard of Hans. His, he's a, he has a very interesting career. He, he was with 18 years. He was the fastest single and could p- compete already in Beijing. They were sixth or fifth in the final. And he's a very technical rower. He's a very technical rower. And Hans is the only one, I think, who was able to do the single or the double and the quad very well. In Germany, we, has, we, ha- we, we have that problem. We can only do quad or double, I think. <laughs> when yes. you have a double not rower and double skills, he's not doing quad. When we have a quad rower, he cannot do double. And, and, but, but Hans is able to do it. And, and he, he raced with, with Stefan 2011, took the second behind the New Zealand uh, Cone and Sullivan. And with Hans, it changed. He, he, and, and now he's, he was a stroke man. I think I was much stronger than three years before. And I was some, my, my, my position changed because I was something like um, coping tra- um, um, to coping uh, Hans, but being, I was very strong. And at that time, and I could manage the stroke, and 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 because Hans and and Karl and me, we were we had another philosophy of rowing. It was like very smoothly accelerating, not 
Yeah, but I, I, I use the word slower, and enhanced was very mainly like lightweight, able to do 45 starting like this, and we were like, "What the fuck is going on here? We cannot." <laughs> it was very yeah. interesting, it, and 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 we it was very good that we could build up step by step until the final in, in Eggblad um, against the Australian crew, and it was very very very. Um, important season for us because we were the Olympic champions, but we have to change the completely um, uh, the philosophy of the boat. And is, this is not easy. Mm. Um, yeah, it's not easy. It was not easy for us, uh, but, but we made it. And uh, this was, this was the, for me, most important thing, what we can learn from 2016, because 2016 was not an easy year. I think we had a bit luck because Australia... I don't I, I I don't know what was wrong with these guys at that uh, uh, I think they're very <laughs> yeah we shaked hands and we I think we like each other but they were very mindly destroyed I think at this time yes forever. you and, uh, you, that, you were very good at doing that Lawrence at the Olympic Games with destroying the other people's hopes eh? <laughs> <laughs> No, but it was like I mean, you looked. You, to be honest, you saw the race in Posen. They they were better than their their technique was better than ours. To you know, everybody saw this. But I think what what we um to your um to your question, what we managed 2015 was changing the philosophy and being another crew, but being a crew. And this, yeah, but this is this is a. Is it uh, a topic that comes up all the time on our show? Is that just because one crew is good at something at, at a specific yeah. thing or, or 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 a specific style of rowing doesn't mean that the other another crew has to row that style, even if it has some of the same athletes in it. And a lot of the time is athletes that are successful over multiple crews and combinations. It's because they can understand how each crew is different to the other crews that they've rowed and how to bring the most out of different crew combinations, yeah. um, which is exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah. yeah. No, it was just like maybe the, just the medal. To, it was the first medal for us. It was very important just to fix the world champion once. And um, <laughs> yeah, um, but, but being together at this and starting into the Olympic season with this self-confidence of being the, the champion, yeah. It was more. It was not a pressure, but more be, um, letting us more confident. So, did you put your medical studies on hold? How did it work between, mm. um, you know, obviously you're taking a year off, yeah. and then coming back into rowing must have been, in, you know, its own challenge by itself. And then, yeah. what did you put your medical studies on hold till after um, the Rio Olympics? Yeah, yeah. I tried to. Um, what I did, we have a very good organization in, in the university. They allowed me to do a lot of clinical stuff by on the laptop, on the laptop, and also doing um, tests on the laptop. I was allowed. Normally, we have a structure that you say maybe in med school you have to do anatomy at this place, and then when you're in, in clinical studies. You have to do cardiology, neuro neurology, and then uh, surgery, for example, in the first, second, third year of your clinical um, mm. of your clinical stuff. But they allowed me to change it, that it's good, um, that I can fix it individual and also plan the training camps very 
individual on my side and this helped me and maybe also not thinking about rowing all the time so i can also do my medical stuff during the training sessions also to come to come down to focus my mind on something else or, or to to yeah and this this was very this helped me to be honest um doing the season 15 and 16 and to be honest at february i completely stopped you know then it was just rowing yeah february yeah. 2016 yeah um and then like large you're speaking about the philosophy how your philosophy changed could you maybe like expand a little bit about the philosophy of the 2016 men's quad yeah. and the difference of the the philosophy from london mm -hmm. and maybe talk about like just expand on that a little bit more okay um it changed because of the people um i, I mean we, first time uh we I, i spoke about hans hans is not him yes he's not he's more into technical and uh, feeling things he is um but he's not so strong tim was much stronger yeah. um and has much more endurance and sometimes i have the feeling also you have we have to care about hans But Hans was also more able to mm, feel the stroke and to communicate. Yeah. And and the other thing is, you you we spoke about med school. All the other guys, Philip got married, getting children. Carl the same. I think we changed as well. And I think very important, yeah, yeah very important for us is that. You have to ch you change you know four years during your 20s is a lot of it's it's a lot yeah. there's so many things um, focusing on work or on your um, on the way to getting your work and I think this is very hard or this was what we did very well was we we changed and but we didn't lost um, the connection to rowing and our strength. We, do, we, we didn't lose the connection to our strength. And what we did already was we were flu more fluently. We, have, we were able to go into higher stroke rates. We practiced it and was very yes. hard at the beginning. And we were um, stable, more stable against different conditions. And this changed. Yes. 2016. Which was crucial for yeah. uh, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And um, this changed, and um, and of course, of sometimes we were a bit um, not frightened, but we, you know, I had some bad back back problems. I think Philip has also back problems once, and Carl as well. So we were we were old, the old ones, <laughs> and we were a bit more focused on several aspects. We were more focused on okay, it's the Olympic Games, it's the World Champs. We were more. We're, we're also, we train more on our own, you know, what maybe yeah. I did, I did a special weightlifting training because of my back and um, our coach, not Marcus at that time, but um, Alex Schmidt, he said, it's okay for you. And he was also the, the right coach, I think for us, because we were all, yeah. uh, we know what we are able to, and we know maybe what our, wh when we are weak and we communicated with Alex and Alex said, okay, okay, guys. We changed the plan here or there, and this is this was also very important uh, that we could. And it was not easy also in Germany because we have very. I mean, you know them, Tim Olenaske. We had a lot of young talents, and of course they want to get in this crew too. And sometimes it was 
also not easy for the coaches to help them back because you know how it is. You cannot only fix the singles. Single is a hard bolt class. And when you just prepare quad and then there are the trials and the single and the guys who want to come in just practicing single, single, of course, sometimes they're better. And then it's very, it was also a very political season, to be honest. And um, mm. yeah, but they said, okay, you guys are the world champs. Um, you're able to to go for the for the Olympics. So yeah, but it, it was very psychological. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful story, and like it shows the 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 challenges and like the the, the unique challenges that each kind of country has to face to make their best crews go to the, the Olympic Games, and it's never straightforward. But talk us through, you know, maybe the real Olympic Games. Obviously, the wind was was a big issue for a lot of crews and, you know, racing on the, you know, in South America was such a fantastic experience. I think for most people, yeah. tell us a bit about that final, what it was like getting your, your second Olympic gold medal. It must've been such an incredible, um, you know, such an incredible experience for you. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. I mean, we, we, at the first heat, we were second and we had to good. um, uh, we had to do the rapid charge. It was like, oh fuck, yes. we are we are we are out. <laughs> we were afraid of being out, <laughs> thrown out. You know, yeah, being world champion and you're you're throwing you they threw out and the and the and the world champ at the Olympics. But then what we um the most important race was was the rapid charge. We had that we we lost that connection we had during the heat because it was very. I mean, you 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 know how it was. It was very salty. Rough. We had that different that yeah. turning the wind around and yeah, for us it was very good that they. I think one or two race days were stopped or because of the conditions and we had more time during the races and we could take the rapid charge to to find ourselves again and we did it in that race and i think we won with one or two length and so we had that confidence again for the final and then i think it's exactly yeah. what happened to you yeah as well absolutely. so jay grade in the four yeah. into the rep yeah. and then you also had an extra day because of the postponed yeah, racing so we yeah we raced the heat and then yeah uh i don't know we had a terrible race. We came third and we yeah. had to go through the rep. And I just remember racing the rep. I was like, there's a strong South African team here. Everyone's in the semifinals. I don't want to be the crew that's going home. It was it was big, but I think the you know the rep did us a lot of confidence because then we raced the semifinal and we we managed to come second in the semifinal after going through the rep. And it was just because of the I think the confidence, a bit of the confidence from the rep, you know, managing to come away with the win. And then I think also just the the pure desperation of like you know mm -hmm. we can't fuck this up we need to get it right and yeah, yeah i think if it's a, it was a bit of both in our case that kind of helped us out and then we we uh, for us this was like um we had that we had that win from the back again you know it's like mm. <laughs> like a story in the bible you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have the same situation in every important race again you know which maybe can which help you or help us in this case, and yeah, um, yeah, we had that lucky lucky back when we know okay we were 
the strongest crew maybe physically. <laughs> and then, yeah, we, we said, okay, what's the most important thing? And this was Carl. We had that um, to say, Philip and me, sometimes we were into trouble, uh, you know, because ah, it's not, we had that sometimes because Philip and me, we have to connect, you know, because C2 and 3 has to has to connect. And we, we had yeah. sometimes uh, our philosophy was a bit, okay, now we have to. Um, different, yeah. A bit different, you know. And, and <laughs> yeah, but, but, but Kai was very cool and said, okay, just try it like this. And we did a few sprints before the final and said, okay, just like this. And then we went out and we had that length and that length helped us. I think after 100, 200 meters, very early and it was just the field on one side and we were just the length before and we could, we could use it also for this psychological effect. It was very, because everybody thought about, okay, there's trains, they come, they start the new race uh, at 500, they start again. And we always thought of keep them back, keep them back, thinking keep them back. And, but, and, and they didn't, uh, they didn't came into our boat, you know. And then after we um, passed the thousand meter line, they, even we're not able to get in our boat. And then they tried it for the next 500 and they didn't get it. And they did. And this time yeah. they said, okay, now we, they cannot, they cannot get us anymore. And then they came, <laughs> but we have enough power to yeah. keep them back. Jeez, that is, that is awesome. And you know, there's, there's not many athletes out there that can say they have two Olympic gold medals um, across all sports there's there's not many no. um yeah what does it feel like to have two gold medals and also where where do you keep your your medals i have these medals um, in my parents house because um i'm, I'm living i'm living in hamburg in a flat you know and that's not much crime but sometimes i think i, I don't have that space and maybe if you're afraid of robbery <laughs> I took these medals to my parents' house and said, okay, just keep them um, uh, somewhere uh, where, where nobody can find them, to be honest. I don't... Some other medals yeah. I have in my flat here and um, in a box, you know, but uh, my, my Olympic medals are, are um, closed. So. <laughs> no, I think it's it's a big thing because, you know, from a money value, the, the medal means nothing to to you but from an emotional point of view the medal is of course, of you know course. It means, it's, it's so big so it's not something it's actually impossible to replace even if someone even if you lost it and someone gave you a, a replacement medal it would not mean the the same as that medal that you got from from the games yeah, it's it's something like an it's a value it's not material but you, no one can take takes back from you. Doesn't, and it's so you you reach. I mean, it's also for you guys. I mean, you reach the Olympics. I mean, it's also a value you you manage. I, mean, I I don't know how you feel about it, but it's a you did it, and it's like living a first life. I mean, now you're going to work. Yeah. You're doing something else, and it was for me because I retired I retired 2017 because I had some back problems as well. And then I said, okay, it's enough. I mean, I, I reached enough success and 
we had luck to have such a good team and uh, and retired and i said okay now my my second life starts like a, a mm. becoming a doctor and then yeah but it's like yeah i have that and i can be very very lucky that i that this anna came to me to could to can live such a life you know you don't know what happens you don't yeah. know when you die or when you get a bad injury or something like this i mean i see those guys who have this here every day this is a very very good value yeah you have to you have to tre- cherish those you have to cherish those values and the medal kind of represents yeah. those things but then i have a funny story i was telling jake about uh, i was just starting to tell jake before we we started the show so today um, I had a presentation to do, so I was going to take my yeah. my Olympic medal, my silver medal. Yeah. So I go look in the safe, and that's where I usually keep it, but it's not there. So I'm like, <laughs> shit, what did I what did I do with it last time? Last time I had it, I, I I'm like trying to think what I did with it, and I also sometimes keep it in my behind my clothes, behind my t-shirts in my cupboard, uh, yeah. just hidden hidden in the cupboard. So I reach back there where it is and I, I pull out the bo- a box but it's not my box it's a london box and there's a there's the, the gold medal is in there so obviously i mean i'm friends with uh, all the guys from from the london games but i'm looking at the medal like, why the fuck do i have this medal <laughs> in my house and why has no one messaged me to say oh you have my medal and i'm trying to think like why how long I've had it for. The first thought I had was, shit, this is my brother's and he's probably given it to me to look after from like months ago. Yeah. And I've completely forgotten. But then I'm like, no, no, Matt's too particular. You won't have, uh, have done it. So I'm messaging the guys. I'm like, guys, why, why is there a gold medal in my house? Medal. Who's, whose medal is it? And James Thompson said, no, it's his. He, um, he gave it to, he had it at the, at the rowing regatta because we hosted world masters uh last wow. week so he had it there and he didn't want to keep it at his house so he gave it to my wife to bring back to our house um basically safety deposit box your clothes i know clothes but covered. i just thought shit how did i it was just that you know that one millisecond where i'm looking at this medal I'm like shit why do i have this and, yeah. and <laughs> why is it yeah for how long has it been here for yeah. um which was just really funny um, because a lot of people, I mean, obviously everyone cares a huge amount about the the medals, and then there I had one that I didn't even know about. Yeah, it was very funny. I mean, I mean, is it is it the same for you guys? I mean, we I think we are one. In my opinion, it's the rowing family. Um, maybe you 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 noticed this? We had this fucking party in in in, in Rio where we were <laughs> all in this. In this favea, you know, we, there was a favea party. It was so crazy. Yes. I think Mahi was topless and uh, drunk, and, <laughs> and we, we made party with the Canadians. I can remember, and it's like, yeah, it's a it's a family. And I mean, I, I like my I love my my job, my, my my things I do right now. But together with Rose, it's different, and it. Yes, it's it is. not being German or South Africa or Britain or whatever. Uh, it's like, I think, um, this personality of just doing things. And of course, we can fail, but maybe we hope not and we do it, you know? And we just yes. just do it. I think so maybe you, you, 
you have more experience than I do because you talk to so much international. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely there. And I think it, it stems from I think it stems from a lot of respect. I think we all understand how how difficult rowing is and like you know it's not the most lucrative sport there's always a lack of funding and like it's a extremely difficult sport aerobically and you need to do so much training you need to give up so much of your life to be able to row at an elite level and i think it comes from that like there's a respect and there's an understanding that you know we all understand to some to a large degree of like what each each of us has to go through to you know race at the olympic games and in a finals and i think it, it comes from that i mean like when you're around people like that, that, you know, have, uh, that trying to achieve, like most, some, like people are trying to achieve things that most people have no idea about. Yeah. And like you, you, and you're around that group of people that have that sort of idealism and that, that those kind of dreamers. It's, it's a very special community to be a part of. Yeah, especially yeah. when you add alcohol into it at the end yeah. of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Did you? Sorry for. I mean, I don't know what of your time problems are. And are you? I mean, you're competing retired, but are you, uh, Lawrence, um, also visiting the um, uh, uh, World Championships regatta, or maybe being in Paris? Or I mean, you compete, or? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I love I love rowing, and like the podcast definitely keeps me coming back. So the the show keeps me coming back, and. Yeah. Uh, and being involved with rowing and you know i it'll never be something that i you know shut off from my life i think I, i'm enjoying work i love what i do now mm. but i need that kind of rowing fix and so the, the the row show helps me get that but then also going to 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 watch racing like uh we now we just had world masters regatta which is very different to a world champs but it was fantastic to be there for the week we we had such a great time in South Africa to for uh, like hosting such an awesome event, and then I've booked my tickets for the Paris uh, Olympic Games. I'm going to go watch, and I actually said to me and my brothers, we used to we used to joke about it. We used to, we said me and Matt said that mm -hmm. uh, once we'd been to the games, that it was it's the perfect time to see a city because the yeah. city is all on show. Everything is geared for the Olympics for tourists to come in. So we kind of have a like an agreement that we won't miss a Olympic Games if we if we can, you know, yeah. to go to every single games and and experience that city and and racing and rowing in the for the Olympic Games. So it's actually much easier now. Yes, it's expensive, but I don't have to go through selections and I don't have to do two uh, K oak trials to to get there. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's, I'm really looking forward to to going Jake, to to Paris. Jake have to <laughs> already. Yeah, I've got yeah. to do a lot more. <laughs> I've got a lot more ergo trials to do, but that's okay. It's part of the it's part of the process. Oh, oh, cool. Then um, going on. So on our show, we also we ask uh, every athlete that comes on the show the same set of questions uh, that kind of just gives us a better, a, just a different idea about how, you know, different athletes think and how they think about their rowing and, and rowing in, in general. So we have a few questions. We're going to run through them. We'll see. Just kind of, you can answer them however, which way you want. Mm -hmm. But the first question is, if you had to go back to the Olympic Games and race again, which boat class would you, would you like to race? Of course, quad. But I would love to, to race double and pair because mm. it's so... 
I, I mean, it's not. Uh, I, I'm not a pair or double rower. I think I'm. 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 I'm stiff. You know. I'm. I'm not that. But I. What I like maybe on on, on this. I mean, pair is such a. I like to watch it. I like to watch pair, for example, and it's so smoothy and it's like I, I just it's like um, getting a feeling that I've never had because it's like this turning, yeah. this asymmetric turning around, being smooth finding the catch at the right moment together with your partner. It's cool. I, I mean, I, I think I was not um, being very successful in this, but I just want to have the feeling, yeah, just because of the feeling. Yeah. Pair and mm. double. Yeah. yeah, that's what I like. Why well, I like those smaller boats is like this. In the big boats, I feel like the power becomes so much more important, which I don't know if it's like exactly true, but there's what it feels like for me is that the power in like a quarter or an eight is like, it's so important to be able to put down the watts, put down the watts and your technique can kind of get absorbed by the crew and you can, which makes rowing those boats very difficult because it's hard to get eight people to row really yeah, well. Yeah. But in a pair, it's easy to feel the mistakes. It's easy to, you know, feel when you start to make a, a good change, then you can feel the boat speed kind of improve straight away you can feel the changes mm. which is is a big piece that i like yeah. about the smaller boats yeah yeah i think the pairs especially because like you have the two people and mm. also like unlike the double like one person is a hundred percent responsible for yeah. their side yeah. so you know the it's a it's a it's a very difficult boat i think to get right because you know you have to that's perhaps where you have to work the best with someone um but it's a very rewarding boat to row in and uh yeah, I mean the smaller boats are always like having that one person to do it with is, is uh it's really cool. So the the next question is and I always love this one is if you could choose any three people from around the world or from any time to race in a quad with, who would your three people be? It doesn't have to be your your partners. You could be anyone from any time. You could you could choose, you know, anyone from from past Thomas Langer, you can choose him if you want. If you want him to race in a quad. <laughs> Thomas would, uh, Thomas would always said, "Okay, you you do this and that failure." You, I, I, I used to train not not together with, but uh, I grew up there where Thomas trains in Ratzeburg, and yes. Thomas is an idol. Uh, Damian Martin, Damian, because Damian is a, is a very nice. Uh, of course, my crew, of course, my crew. But when you say, because I think this is the question about it's about being an international quad, for example. Um, when I said yes. another crew, um, I would say Damian Martin, me and the Damian and the three, me and the two, and yet now we need a strokeman. We need a strokeman, international strokeman. Tufte and the bow, Hacker. Or me and the bow and Hacker and the two. Yeah. Massa Hacker. So you yeah. could just you can just see how what's happening in front of you and learn. learn yeah, from, yeah. I, from I just learned from them. I, I can again in the yeah. bow and yeah, Hacker. Because Haka, Haka would, you know, Haka would always when he sits behind me, he would always, <laughs> yeah, drive it on. Actually, yeah. behind Haka, yeah. yeah, and then also like just on Damia, because actually, you know, I think uh, we've spoken. I've spoken a lot to Damia overseas, and yeah. he's, you know, obviously he's had the fantastic results racing in the quad, but his race in the single at uh, Rio was spectacular, and also yeah. like he's the race even in Tokyo coming coming at the Olympic Games and he yeah. seems to be like a specialist at yeah. at like at getting the Olympic Games right. So, you know, having him in the quad, I think it's it's good, it's really cool. Like I've got so much respect for him. He really, you know, he really seems to 
get the timing right for the Olympic Games. Hmm. Yeah, it was like for me. As a, for me, it was like I, I saw him, and I, I wouldn't expect. I was I didn't see the race to be honest because of this um, uh, um, uh, this time problem. Um, but I saw the result, and it was what the fuck crazy. And I, I didn't expect yeah. that he would make it again. And this is this is mm. I think what also sport is about to, to um, that people at this special regatta come back and yeah he did the the, this, um, the bronze amazing and for me he's an Olympic champion as too for me personal too. not about Mahi of course uh, both great rows but for me it was also I mean I don't know if you what did you see the race live yeah yeah I was there watching yeah. that thing it was incredible yeah. I've never seen yeah I think the reason that that race is so good is that I've never seen two athletes Yeah. going that hard against each yeah. other yeah. for so long. I mean, for the last, you know, for the last 200 meters of that race, they are stroke <laughs> for stroke. Every yeah. single stroke, they're trying to just get that one centimeter up and it's just yeah. no one's giving anything. And I mean, Mahi said on our show, he said that he still thinks that it should have been a shared um, medal for it yeah. being that close. I think there was gold medal for both. Yeah. With yeah. that margin... You know, you don't even know what is happening at the start line. How, yeah, you know, is the start that is the start that fair? Yeah, that's how close the finish was. Um, so I think it's such a uh, that is such a good race. And talking about good races, that's our next question: is what is your favorite race that you find yourself watching over and over? It doesn't have to be one of your races. The Olympics and the double, and not and, and the World Championships, in Amsterdam. Of the men's double, where the Croatians took the <laughs> was the sub six, and and the and the double um, final from Nathan and Cohn. Yes, yeah, Nathan and Joseph in 2012. Yes, that was amazing. Yeah, Cohn, uh, yeah Sullivan and um, Cohn. Yeah, that is yeah also probably one of my favorite races. Yeah, they were sprinting. Like I remember watching it. Just like at 700 meters to go, it looks like they would just start sprinting. Yeah. And uh, no, it was fantastic. And like, I think what makes that race really, really cool is like you had, you know, that you also had like the Italians and the Slovenians with Istok and um, yeah. Lucas, Lucas Pick in there as well. So it was, it was such a stacked race. And to have Joseph and Nathan hmm. put out that performance, it's like a once of a lifetime performance yeah. that you only, you don't get to see every year. And it was just yeah. that one time that they... Yeah. They and how they, such a great yeah, and how they rode the last hundred meters it was not they, they were just they fuck off and it was like half <laughs> of the row length and they just 50 and they just gave it in a bah, bah. <laughs> so it's cool yeah i, I love it about sport yeah. being it looks true you know when the or starts uh, getting in the air and it doesn't just do it fix it even the yes. eight 2008 the canadian eight <laughs> they've they've had their own war i think It was like <laughs> seeing them. <laughs> it was very good. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it doesn't have to be pretty to be fast. No, I think is is what's really good. Yeah, that is a the what what those what those Canadians do to the race well, is honestly at an Olympic Games. I mean, they just destroy it by the one k. Yeah. There's not even a doubt in anyone's mind watching that race that they're not going to win that race. Um, and then yeah, so the next one is the. 
we always get really good response to this one is if if you were in charge of world rowing what mm -hmm. would you change i would um what i think is very important is um to make it possible for other countries uh to compete and to that um, competition can take place not always in the western uh countries and that the visa should mm. I, i don't know how to because i'm not in it but and to make it possible for i don't know funding or make it easier because sometimes i think the visa has some have some rules that elaine has to be brought like this and sometimes i think it could be easier but i'm i'm not into i'm not into the structure this this is what i would change and also to fund some other countries maybe for material yeah yeah i think increasing the like scope that like um more if you add in more countries in i mean think how good the racing has been over the years with you know only a handful of mm. of countries and if you started yeah. to get more countries involved and allow them access to to rowing it would be it would be quite something it's exactly what we said about south africa is if more people had access to rowing our team would be so much stronger. So, yeah. you know, if more people in the uh, more countries had access to rowing, how much better would our, our sport be? So I think that's a very good answer. And actually that's quite a different answer to what we usually get. Yeah, we usually, so I think the, the three, the three big ones, the first one is, uh, is like, uh, the, the rules and regulations with sponsorships and branding. Ah, uh, it's course, like, yeah. it's yeah. very strict. It's very strict. It's very I think it's holding the sport back. The second one is the race distance, like trying to introduce different formats, like racing 500 meters, racing 1K. Um, that's often a, a good change. And the last one that pops up all the time is trying to, so like the eight is such a cool event to watch, but it's like, it's the most difficult event because it's so many guys. You need so much funding and infrastructure and whatnot to get it going. It's like trying to get uh, it so that if, if you race, race in the eight, at least like two or four of the rowers have raced another event to then race in the eight or perhaps only race the eight like combining rows that have raced. So like mm -hmm. maybe from the quad, the double, mm -hmm. the pair, the four, just putting in because then you'll have more countries racing the eight, which would be nice. Yeah, okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. 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 But I also like the idea of having more countries um, hosting regattas. Yes, I that's mean, a like big one. South Africa hosting the Masters now was incredible and I think we could do such a Yeah. Good job. Like I think world champs would be hard, but I think like an under 23 yeah, would juniors. be perfect yeah. for us to host. Okay, then the next question, you did touch on it earlier. You said that you were, did you say 552 for, for your ergo? But, you know, every schoolboy, every rower wants to know and compare their, their ergo time with, uh, with your ergo time. So what is your best 2K... Um, Uh, PB on the on the on the Ugo. Uh, 48. 48. Nice. We've got a, we've got an Ugo the, ladder. What did you do? Oh, so mine's a mine's a 559, and then Lawrence's 557. Yeah. But uh, a, we have a we we record every single uh, guess Ugo time onto a, onto a sheet. So if we look at the 548 mark, you're just sitting there level pegging with uh, Damian Martin. Yeah. Uh, which will go nicely in your quad. Yeah. What was the what are the other guys? Who was the fastest? Of course, Oli is the fastest, I think. Are you allowed to say that? Yes, or? Oli, 
Yeah. Yes, he is. He's five thirty-eight. Then it's so, Mahe with a five forty-one, and then Eric's also five forty-one. Forty-one. Yeah. Forty-one. Yeah, and and then Eric. Eric's also five forty-one. So that's the top three. Eric is forty-one. In as a well. lot. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Then quite a few people. These are only people that have been on the show, but like a lot of Greg Saul, Olaf, Sverry Nielsen. Um, Bruno Rossetti, you know, uh, all around 544. Mm. Um, and then the Sikovic brothers, 545, 546. Yeah. So a lot of athletes around that, you know, middle 540s. Yeah. Um, 540. So yeah, I think you could be very chuffed with a, with a yeah, 548. I, I, um, I wanted, I wanted also 44, 45, but it was not good. It was Olympic regatta. It was Olympic uh, time, but it was... I was ill before, but 48 is also as good. Yeah. So yeah. some of the athletes that you that you've beaten, uh, Brian Volpenheim from the US uh, yeah. men's eight, Jake Wetzel from the Canadian men's eight, Drukin, uh, five fifty-two, um, Adam Creek five fifty-two, uh, Zeno Muller. So now you've you've done well, put a lot of people to bed. Mm -hmm. Thanks, now five hundred. Interesting, yeah. That Eric is such so strong because he's very he looks very he looks strong as well. But I mean Marty Mahir is another man, you know. But yeah, interesting. But and Hamish, what is it? It says here Hamish. <laughs> Mahi made a very clear point that he was faster than Eric. Even, so even though they were both five forty one, Mahi said um that we must make sure we make a note that he <laughs> Was a lower a lower point. His decimal place was was faster than Eric's. Crazy. And what about Hamish? Sorry for I'm yeah, so Hamish. Asked. Hamish is a five forty three, and when you consider that he's like ninety kilogram rower, it's Crazy. that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. No, I think yeah. that that's why they won nine years in a row. Yeah. 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 No, what I, I I've got a question. How was it to race against the um, the New Zealand guys? It was it was a challenge. You know, <laughs> they had such a history. They had such a um, you know presence about them, and you you know you always think it was nice because you're always chasing them. You always you know they yeah. the the wolf at the top of the hill, and you're trying to to catch them and and oh. beat them, and you you have a very clear milestone to to race against. But uh, you know they. There was not many times where where I led them in any point of the race. I think the best was Henley. at our Henley race. So one on one, you know, we knew that they were going to be really, really fast. So we decided, cool, we're going to just go out, you know, maximum intensity for the start, and then just hold on on like yeah. kind of one k speed or six hundred meter uh, speed, and we we led them through the that first checkpoint and i actually so clearly remember hamish had a look and then he had another look a second look he was like shit these guys are far up and it's uh it's still early in the race but yeah i mean you 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 know it was you know you're testing it you're not really um i think our our rio uh race was probably the closest and it was the closest It was one of the closest races yeah, I think the Kiwis had for for most of their their time since the British raced them. So yeah, yeah. we gave it our best shot, and yeah, we we had early, also some yeah. of our racing earlier. I think I led them through the one k, yeah. you know, 
15, exactly. closer to the 1500 with the Serbs uh, at the, at Lucerne. in Lucerne. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were so awesome and they, they're such great athletes. And I think for me, they, they're the best athletes our sport is, has ever had um, for mm. what they did and how good they, how, how many races they won, you know, consistently and how fast they went and they, with their world records. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. So, yeah, it is crazy. So, the if you had to choose a different sport to go to the Olympics in, which would it be? Just the wish, or what should be practical, or it doesn't matter. No, you can anything. It doesn't matter if you want to be short and lean and a marathon runner. You can do it. If you want to be explosive sprinter, hundred meters, uh, you can choose. It doesn't matter. Um, handball. I did handball when I was a when I was a child. And I like this atmosphere. Handball is, handball is like rowing. I mean, you, you don't do uh, basketball or basketball. It's like rowing. The, the people are very crazy, into a team, yeah. funny, drinking beer. And it's very, it's very nice. Handball. Handball is very nice. Yeah. That's, that's the first time I've ever heard someone tell us that, that handball's, handball is a sport. We've seen it like a couple times, but... It's a very, I don't even think people play handball in South Africa. No, it's, 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 very, it's a very, no. But I, Lawrence was saying that he's going to join handball so he could drink beer. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, a, real that's a German thing to handball. say. This is something German, this handball. Okay. Fantastic. Um, did you guys so that do? kind of, what did you? Uh, I'd, I've said it many times. I would, I would like to try sevens rugby. Yeah, it's at the Olympics. Of course, yeah, yeah. I think I, I said I've said it also, but like a lot of the cycling events, I think the cycling events are really incredible. I think I don't have the, I'm not crazy enough to do the BMX. I think that just looks like a lot of Pain. broken, a lot of broken bones um, over a short career. But I would like to do like downhill racing or you know the mountain the mountain bike for me is the number one, but. Even track cycling, I would enjoy. I would love to get on the on the velodrome and see how fast I can I can push That's the bike. Brutal. Cool. Yeah, I'm a sucker for pain. Yeah, I think. <laughs> um, there's very clear. There's very clear um, people that we have on the show where they're like, either they want to stay in that endurance, um, you know, that pain threshold. They want to push their body, and then other athletes that are like, no, they want to get as far away from the pain as possible yeah. and uh, and do things that are like skill-based or, you know, completely different. Yeah, I remember Eric Murray said he wants to play golf. That's his golf. Olympic sport. Yeah, yes, good. golf. I, I, I don't it's know how this, I mean, I mean, Jake, you're more in it, but for me right now, I, I, may, I can imagine it because right now I'm, I'm doing sport, but I'm do I'm not Casual. I'm not doing a bicycle or where I can uh, um, smash my knees or something. I'm very like an old man, you know. Right now, I, I don't know how it's for you, Lawrence, but it's uh, yeah, it's tough. Uh, once you finish um, rowing at a professional level, it's hard to yeah. kind of it's hard to get excited about like going and racing or doing something yeah. um, else. But I am enjoying like I do a bit of social rowing and. Yeah, just so just enjoy myself. Yeah, Lawrence Lawrence is currently training to do a marathon, and the last two weeks haven't been good. He's gotten sick, and he worked the whole week last week. So yeah. it's yeah. it's uh, yeah. we'll see how it goes. I can run a marathon in my sleep, Jake. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'm sure you can. You got to crush it. You got to crush it. Dude. And, and, no, it's gonna I'm, be tough. I have another question, Jake. 
you're you're competing next year and you think yes you're you're doing another you're you're doing another four years or quitting or you don't know um no i think uh you know, I've thought about it a lot and like, it's difficult to think about it now because I'm so focused on just the, the course, next season. Yeah. Like that's mm -hmm. basically the only thing that counts really in my life. It's just this yeah. next like nine months, yeah. 10 months of, of, of yeah. the thing. And then, yeah, I think I'll definitely, I'll take a break. It's also, if I do really well next year, it makes, it changes the outlook. If I do badly again, it changes the outlook. Um, but I think I'll definitely take a break and then, you know, maybe, but it's likely I, if I'm being practical and pragmatic, I'll probably uh, start working. I think after the next cycle, you know, rowing's not the most lucrative sport, so it, like, That's so I need so to start good. thinking about uh, other things. But I'll take a break, and uh, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe I come back for the last two years, um, or maybe I'll keep working. But you know, I, I haven't. I've thought about it a little bit, but you know, for me, the big thing getting through the next nine, 10 months and making sure that like I'm as fast as I possibly can be uh, next year. And, um, and Loris, now you, you're a doctor, right? Did you, did you qualify? Where, what did you specialize um, in? Yeah, I, I specialize, yeah, I'm going to specialize in internal medicine and um, cardiology, cardiology and internal medicine. Okay. Yes. And then I'm, 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 I'm looking forward maybe doing heart catheters hopefully it depends or then maybe just doing this for 10 years and then going back having my own uh, little we say praxis in practice. deutsch what do you say yeah, yeah. Practice. Practice. Practice, practice as well practice and yeah yeah we'll see we'll see what's yeah it's another job yeah, it's i miss rowing to be honest i miss the feeling of competing also counting counting the month during a special event like Olympics, it's nice. Yes. It's also yeah. nice talking yeah. to you because then I'm back in this rowing world, you know. Yes, exactly. Do you do? Have you done any rowing since? Do you do any like social rowing or something like that, or is it just too difficult to, to yeah. do it with the uh, work? Yeah, I I do social rowing to be honest. I so not getting fat, you know, uh, because I like to eat mm. as well. <laughs> it's <a tough> one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying food to... and food and beer are not are not uh, are not good for for you and you're not doing any exercise. No, and I, I've seen the German what the Germans like to eat and drink. So I can. It's and you have been to the, the Oktoberfest? No, no, I haven't been there. But I mean, I've I've seen you know the um, I've 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 been to Germany like once, and I just remember the cuisine. It's very filling, and the, obviously the beer. But it's oh. fantastic. You know, we similar in South Africa it's from fun. that point of view. So. We also like drinking beer and eating meat. Yeah. And yeah, preventing, I think, also pre prevent, I mean, as a doctor, you always see um, the issues, the problems, the ill people, not getting fat, not, not smoking, no diabetes. Yeah. This is important when you get old. Uh, so that's why I do sport. And But for me, it's, I mean, when you, I think, Jack, when you maybe finish uh, once, it's a sport. I mean, I think you both spoke, uh, Lawrence told Jake, uh, what is about to uh, retiring? What's about retiring, and how you feel it? But it's a very. It's also for for me right now um, a good feeling to stop drawing, to think about it, to live in this world. When I speak to you guys, for example, yes, yeah. Um, but also doing my stuff, and I'm. For, I can say I'm very happy about this rowing life, and um, 
just doing i don't have the, i don't race anymore and i just like to watch it to maybe i'm very good uh, friendship with stefan krüger he raced the double yeah. yes. a long time and i'm also looking for tim odenaske for example what he's doing right now and i would not say personally support but we're yeah we're also into it and talk to each other and yes. i like to see this way of development yeah Yeah. yeah, and what what do you think about Oli Zeidler? Because he's been absolutely amazing. He set the the yeah, he's amazing. amazing. I mean, yeah. he's I mean, he, he's from from swimming sports, and uh, I um I was studying with a friend of mine. He was also a swimmer, and he said, "No, it's we have uh, there's one guy. He's not maybe into swim, but he's he's an animal, you know." And then <laughs> and then I asked him four years later, "What was his name?" Yeah, Oli. Oh, he's now into rowing because then yeah. he quit and he retired from swimming. And then, I mean, he's amazing, you know. He can. I, I don't know if you if you know about his family. His father, as his, his yes, grandfather, was a little champion. Yeah. Yeah. 72, very important games for the German because we had that um, Palestinian Israeli oh, problem yes, yes. where they, they get kidnapped in Munich. Yes. It was the first game where Eastern and Western Germany were separated. And it was the first game after the World War, which were um, made by Germans. So it's this historical time, 972 was very, and his, his grandfather was a famous rower. And he is so stepping into his um, grandfather's um, footsteps. Yeah. And, or maybe better, man, he's a singer scholar. And yeah. Um, yeah, now he is. Uh, I hope he can win the title. I mean, first time after 25 years, 26 mm. years. Uh, it, would, it could be not, not, not too much pressure, but not too much. Yeah. <laughs> but he is an incredible. He's an incredible athlete, and like I don't know, he's yeah. the the mental strength that I have. I think he has is yeah. is something because it's also it's not yeah. easy to yeah. learn rowing. At a later yeah. stage, and to learn how to scale at a later yeah. stage is not um, is not a very easy. And to compete in this, yeah. yeah. But Lawrence, I think thanks so much. I mean, that's a huge chunk of your of your time that you've given us, and we appreciate it so much. It's been fantastic having you on the show, listening to your Olympic journey, listening to kind of just getting that you know a bit of a German perspective on uh, on your rowing and yeah it's been really really fantastic we've loved chatting to you thank you so much and I'm sure everyone listening has had a has really really appreciated the the show yeah I do thank you I did thanks awesome ladies and gents that is a wrap of our Lawrence Schuf episode and what an incredible cracking episode that was i told you in the intro this thing is going to be perfection and i'm sure that you guys love listening to to him talk about the challenges talking about uh, talking about snaking the other crews at the at the olympic games and you know coming away with those those crucial wins when it counted just like the springboks did at the world champs uh a few weeks ago what do yeah. you think i you know i agree on both points there lawrence <laughs> and uh Yeah, absolute pleasure. You know, the just the, the pedigree and the racing that we got into. And it ha wasn't easy for, for Lawrence to, you know, to perform through those years. There were definitely dips, ups and downs. But what I loved about him is that when it mattered, 
when it really, really, truly mattered, he came out on top. And I think ultimately that's perhaps one of the greatest things about sport is giving people the opportunity to perform and put themselves out there under incredible amounts of pressure. So, yeah, yeah. he did a, a fantastic job there. And I think that's such a, a good point there. And there's so many, like, I think that's the, the difference sometimes between, like, incredible athletes and good athletes. Is those incredible athletes when that really, when the pressure crunch comes and it's time to perform right now, they can just step it up that little bit, you know, half a percent more, one percent more, and and get the result that's that's needed on the day. And I do actually, you know, for the listeners out there, go and watch the London final and the men's quad, and go and watch the Rio final of the men's quad, and you'll understand truly what we are talking about. They had an, like really, they went out. They made the first move, even though they weren't favorites going into that race, and they were aggressive, and that's why they won. Spot on, Jake. Awesome, guys. Well, I'm sure you enjoyed that, and until next time, we're out. Don't forget to share the show. Tell your friends about it. Tell your mom to listen, and uh, send what? us a WhatsApp. Go join us on Patreon. Go Lawrence. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Enjoy. Sweet, guys. Thanks. We're out.